Hi, I am John Townsend, the CEO of Vital Signs, and we are proud to partner with the AD Podcast. We believe in their vision to make continuing education enjoyable, while they support our Wall of Fame product and its ability to bring your school's legacy to life. Congratulations to Scott and Freddie on the kickoff to a great inaugural season, and thank you for tuning in. In Episode 3 of the AD Podcast, we are joined by Dr. Scott Grant. Together we discuss Coach Prime, the Cleveland Browns, the ins and outs of name, image, and likeness at the high school level, and learn about some delicious places to eat in Finley, Ohio. This podcast is created by two NIAAA teaching faculty members who want to talk sports, life, and help interscholastic ADs worldwide navigate their current situation and questions. I'm Freddie. I'm Scott. We hope we can get you to laugh, learn, and enjoy us along with our AD guests and providing a little left to the profession of athletic administration. This is the AD Podcast, where we fully understand what AD truly stands for, as you are working all day, after dark, and handling all duties. Hey, Freddie, I, I saw that uh, I saw the the rumor mill on ESPN that Clemson and FSU are looking like they're uh, heading back, looking like they're looking going to the SEC. Is that true? You think they want it? Uh, I, th- I think the SEC wants it. Um, I, I don't. I don't know so much if FSU and Clemson fans want it. Um, you know, uh, and I've always said, you know, well, it's, it's kind of been a while now, but you know, five years, five or six years ago, when when Watson was in the league and Lamar Jackson and and all those guys, I would put ACC up against anybody. Um, yeah. Now, m- m- maybe not so much. We we we've kind of taken a nosedive as a conference in, in football, but um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's one of those things that y- you never know. I mean, there's, there's, there's schools jumping conferences all over the place right now. So um, I like the SEC I mean, um, because, you know, because they're on the other side, but I, you know, cause I like being in the ACC, all, all the games are pretty, pretty close. Um, so I, I kind of like that. Well, I think, I think we're going to, with our guests and I think we're going to take a trip back to the big 10, which I was going to say from our first episode, I'm going to eat the words. I'm pretty sure University of Washington and University of Oregon are probably about to get poached by the Big Ten after uh, watching uh, U.S. I know USC and UCLA are going, but it sounds like the Big Ten is going to need to ramp it up if the SEC is going to try to make their load bigger, too. So I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be a a league for much longer, if I'm being honest. I think I think SEC is trying to be the power one. Yep. And then everybody else be underneath it. Um, And, you know, I. You know, you, you you look at those graphics on on who's won the national championship the past so, several many years, and you know a lot of it's coming from the the SEC and the ACC, and I think that's why they're like, all right, well, I think we need to combine. Um, but I, I think it's good to kind of have two Southern conferences fighting it out, and um, you know, right now, you know, in in the past, like I said, the SEC's had two or three big dogs, the ACC's had a couple. Um, we just as a conference, we just have to get back up there, but we'll we'll see. I know our, our guest is probably buying his time about wanting to talk about Big Ten right now. So I'm let me let me uh, let me just bring our guest for the evening again tonight. We're going to be talking uh, in the meat of this episode about NIL or name, image, and likeness. Uh, that is probably everyone says it's a hot topic. I'm just going to say it's probably more of a mainstream thing that we're just going to need to start talking more frequently about. So tonight we're hoping to dive into that. And our guest tonight comes from the great state of Ohio. Uh, he is a certified athletic administrator. Seven and a half years wearing the AD hat in multiple capacities. Like I already said, he is an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, so I have a feeling we're going back to the Big Ten. For better or for worse, he's also a Cleveland Browns fan. 
I think we're going to learn a little more on that one. Uh, some of you might already follow his newsletter. He is Dr. Dose of NIL. He was the hot button topic speaker at NADC back in December in Nashville for, for NIL. And uh, for the professional purposes tonight of this pod, he is the CEO of Triple Threat Leadership and NIL Education. Please give a warm welcome to the good doctor, Dr. Scott Grant. Scott, man, welcome. Thank you so much. I, I'm excited. It's it's funny, man, I because I, I worked at UNC. We were in the ACC, and I felt it a little bit, and then the Big Ten, and then, you know, you're down there. Everybody's talking about the SEC. It's like, oh, you got to get there. The budgets are bigger and everything else, so – there's a whole that's a whole nother world, man. All that stuff. But, yeah, but you, you were at you were at UNC when when UNC and ACC basketball was dominating again. Yeah. I think ACC basketball has taken a dive here the past year or two. But uh, yeah, you, you I think you were there in, in the, the the heydays. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny. I, I used to work camps uh, at Duke prior to that. And, and I'd spend my summers there. And again, we'd go on tours through camera. And the first time I walked in there, I was like, holy smokes. I mean, all that stuff just totally it's it's all it's amazing. But man, thinking about Washington making trips to the Big Ten for a soccer game. Right. Like can you just imagine? regular I mean, sports. Don't oh. even don't even think about football. Holy like just smokes. regular sports. It's yeah. A, I was saying, don't draw the short straw for having to, you know, do a, a crossover in the Big Ten and have to go yeah. to Maryland. Yeah, or like a volleyball match, right? Or like you go for like a softball doubleheader and it gets rained out. Like what? No way. I I go to, no... I'm not going to Rutgers for that. That's but oh, that's hard. I'm assuming they're going to have to bring at least us and for sure Oregon and us out of it because UCLA and USC are going to need someone to play because what the closest team in the Big Ten to them is Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska, I, Nebraska, well, Nebraska, probably, right? No, no. Oh, sorry, no, no, no. Iowa. I'm thinking Iowa's Iowa. probably the, Iowa's probably the closest team to yeah. us. But even there, you know, and I don't know if they'll split and they'll go. Uh, you're still Wisconsin's going to kind of get stuck there, right? Like Illinois yeah. is going to get stuck there. Where like you're constantly going to be making that West Coast trip. That's that's a but lot. I think it's coming because uh, Ohio State just dropped their series with you, Doug. Yep. Yep. I don't think it's because, I mean, everyone's like, oh, they don't want to play an upcoming pro. I don't think that's the case. I really do think it's because I think the Big yeah. Ten's about to take us and they can't have that as a non-league game anymore. Yep, but absolutely. That's just me I've, thinking I'm I'm pretty sure that has to be where we're going because the Pac-12 is not getting a money deal from any TV organization that right. wants them. So yeah. uh, no offense, no one, even with Deion Sanders at Colorado, you're still not going to tune in for, uh, for much of Pac-12 after dark when Colorado's taking on like Arizona State. It just yeah. isn't a good game. Well, yeah. I mean, you already saw the – I mean, you probably saw the numbers on their spring game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, people are going to watch just because he's 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 coaching there. Yeah. Um, and then the same reason why people watched, you know, Jackson State and all that. I mean, yeah. they're going to they're going to watch because it, it because it's Dion. Yeah. Well, he, he definitely brought recruits, too, with him. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. That team's going to look different than it has. But, I mean, I don't remember – Colorado has a national championship, I think. Didn't they? They won one, right? Oh, I don't know. But it was it was it was a long time ago. I think it was a long time ago. And I I don't know, someone someone can correct me if I'm wrong, whoever's a Colorado University of Colorado <laughs> fan listening to our podcast. Uh I don't I, I think they have a national title, but it, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But even there, you think about Dion, like I mean he he's a great coach and a great dude, but like could he do what he's doing right now? in an environment that nil wasn't like kind of you know not to mm. jump into it but even think about right like all yeah. of the things have shifted and the publicity and the promotions and the way in which he handles i think he does an amazing job the things that you see on 
social and, and the, the way in which he tries to teach his student athletes. But sometimes you wonder like, would it still be the same if it was 10 years ago and him trying to do this? Right. Yeah. People might I do. Been, you know, I, I think a lot of people view him as a, as a, a figure more than a coach, you know, he's just a name, but I saw, I did see a post after, after they, they lost that, that last match um, with the guy who dropped the ball. I don't know if you saw that, uh, but in the locker room, he was sitting there, you know, talking to him say, look, it is not your fault. Yeah. Don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Uh, we are a team, you know, we, we're going to yeah. be fine and blah, you know, but I mean, it was a very good uh, coach to, to play, you know, to a very devastated player uh, conversation that got recorded. So it's one of those, you know, if, if you haven't seen it, maybe look it up. Um, but I mean, yeah. I, I, he's definitely, you know, trying to, to lead, um, young men. Yep. Yeah. Which has been amazing. And I saw one where he, he brought in his female staff and he just said, you know, if there's any issues, any way in which you treat them inappropriately, like et cetera, at Colorado, he's like, you're done. Right. Like, and he's wow. just saying, this is the way in which we treat women, which is, which is amazing. And I think, I think that's great all around. You just, it's good for him to, to see that and other people to be able to, that be more visible as well. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what primetime brings for uh, for for Colorado for the Buffs because trust me, they're usually the doormat in the Pac-12, and I know the Pac-12 is not the <laughs> SEC or the Big Ten, but uh, it'll be fascinating to see if Colorado that turnaround piece, right? Just yep. having the the persona with him there, he is a good coach, mm-hmm. obviously. Yep. I mean, he and obviously he can recruit. Maybe some of that's his name. Maybe some of that is the fact that he's probably a good coach, but. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what that culture looks like this year. It's going to be prime time in prime time. <laughs> uh, Pac-12 after dark isn't prime time, Freddie. <laughs> you don't get prime time on Pac-12. That's why we don't have TV deals. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's why on the East Coast, I stay up till 1 a.m. watching the Huskies uh, play like University of California. Okay. Well, uh, my wife and I have a deal that on, on Saturday, especially during college football, I own the TV. I get to watch whatever I want to, and she gets to whatever she wants to watch on Sunday. Um, so you, you better believe I milk it all the way to 1159 on well, Saturday. So, so you are watching some Pac-12 after dark. I am. <laughs> well, speaking uh, of Sundays, Cleveland Browns, explain to us your, 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 it just, you don't come across people that are you a diehard fan? You know what? Okay. So here's the deal. And I always tell people, so I went to a really small school growing up as basketball school. We didn't have football. Right. So like football was not that big a thing. My wife, diehard football fan, Green Bay Packer fan. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. Right. When I was, you when don't I want to be a cheesehead, man, I, I, act, I got to act like I, I am. But uh, when I was teaching at UF in the college of business, we actually, we actually um, built the first partnership between an institution and an NFL team for our sports management program. And it was with the Cleveland Browns. So I was in their facility a ton. We were doing a lot of work internally with them on the business side. And I was amazed. So my fandom is more about the internal business processes of the Cleveland Browns than more. So what you see on the field. So I'm, I guess I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, a diehard lifelong fan, but I'm telling you what their business model and what they do internally has always been extremely impressive and amazing. So. All right. Well, you might not be a, you know, a Cleveland Browns fan, but I just noticed you have a sporting Kansas city scarf. Mm-hmm. I do hanging I do. over your left I do, shoulder. Yeah. I do come, see on, that. come on now. Come okay. on. Now. Again, so, only, only soccer people know about the scarf. So come yeah. on. 
so uh former student of mine interned with sporting kc so a lot of the stuff cool. in my office are things that my former students have, have sent me gave to me but she uh she interned in in facilities ops uh out there one summer and she brought it back and, and so I, I support that for her page it's all for you so. i hope Paige is listening for that one. i know I really, she probably I... is not but <laughs> i may send it to her we might send this one direct to you Paige, that's and then right. you're gonna have to be a listener after this that's right that's fun freddie i mean clemson right you you you're one of your one of your best quarterbacks yeah that's what we were talking about before i was like you know i, I don't know do i bring it up or or do i just let it go but yeah, y'all, you know, Watson finally got to play for y'all um, at the beginning of December. Uh, you know, so I, I hope he he, he does uh, for Cleveland what he did for Clemson. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, well, you know, it also helped. He had third in Renfro and he right. had he had all those other guys that could that could catch anything. Um, but no, he, he's a he's a ridiculous player. And I, I hope he gets to, a chance to to shine in Cleveland. You know, he. He got to shine a little bit in Houston, but then they took his his number one receiver away, and you could you could see that it just started dying yeah. after that. Um, yeah. So it's, when when you when you take Nuke away from another Clemson guy, it's it never never too good. I think the tough part about all that with Cleveland, and you know, you never know. It's just anymore in Ohio when you when you like the Cleveland Browns, it's nothing surprises you anymore, right? Like it's just. <laughs> Nothing surprises you. Oh, they did that. Well, you know, everybody else is like, "What are they doing?" We're just like, "This is this is what sometimes they do," and you just let it go. I I did see, and you may not saw this. Freddie Kitchens is now on staff coaching at University of North Carolina, so I feel like I've got that Cleveland Browns Tar Heel connection back a little bit. I gotta I gotta support <laughs> them a little bit more too now. That's right. <laughs> well, not too much until they play Clemson. Then that's then, right. Then, that's then, right. then we got to root for them. So. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I think uh, I think we'll give space here for uh, for the ad break because I think we have a lot to talk about uh, from our li- from listeners and just 80s around the country on the top of NIL. So we'll we'll hit the ad break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the the mind space of Dr. Grant here and find out what do we all need to know in the interscholastic realm for NIL. Bring your school's legacy to life with the Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. Our interactive display highlights your greatest moments and top performers, both past and present, across athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's also so much more. With our one-of-a-kind content program, we help you every step of the way so you can tell more compelling stories that will engage your whole community. All right, Scott, this is, I know, that I, like I already said it, right, it's, it was a hot-button topic at NADC this past December. Again, I, I think you can say it's a hot topic. I think at this point it needs to be a mainstream just thing we talk about because it's not going away. Um, we had a lot of questions just come out of the woodwork for this one because I right and I did I tried to do my own background on this just to get my head wrapped around it so I could sound yeah. somewhat intelligent talking to you and and you know getting it ready to go. Um, obviously, you're going to be the pro in the room on this one, but right, it's the you know name, image, and likeness. It's it's your right for club publicity right like that's right. kind of the that's kind of the, the idea around it um you are yourself and you should be able to from like promote yourself or or gain yeah gain monetary yeah uh, well i mean from it. technically nil is your legal concept right made up of those three pieces your name your image and your likeness that's that your ability to monetize that right and nil activity is is you doing something in re- in exchange for services goods payment um, in regards to those pieces right so 
sometimes people think like nil is just people making money no nil is actually just your right for promotion and publicity and nil activity is using that in exchange for something monetary in value but yeah so see and, that right off the bat there you go like I, well, I i think a lot of people get caught up with you hear nil you think you go sure. right to the division one college player that's getting millions yeah. of dollars to go name your big university and you're thinking the dollar value you're not really thinking why is it why am i able to do that correct and that's the toughest part with nil right what what most people hear and see are the elite two percent right and mm -hmm. especially when it when you start talking about that at the high school level you, you want to discuss those things and you want to reference them so people understand you know it's kind of like that shock and awe and then it's like okay let's walk this back to what it potentially is going to look like in your everyday life the thing about nil nil's like intention in regards to when it was approved by the NCAA and as this kind of the intention was to help current collegiate student athletes monetize and maximize their value right so like student athletes in college having the ability to to make money through their NIL in some capacity right what has come from NIL is is things that never were part of their intention, right? Like massive collectives and, and these things that you're seeing with recruitment and the, the connection to the transfer portal, that wasn't necessarily something that people were really considering as NIL started to come into the play. It was more about like, okay, is this a good thing? Amateurism, pro, like, are we paying kids now? Like there's so many things in this discussion. So it's always hard for people to kind of like peel it back the layers to start, okay, what does this kind of look like? The interesting thing when I when so I was at North Carolina working in the athletic department when NIL was was coming and then when it was passed through and the college space was was such a, a messy kind of place and it depended on where you were, right? Division one, elite level, you've got these elite student athletes that, um, you know, for them this is a massive piece right now then you're at division two you're at division three it's a whole different conversation so when i left and my focus came just on high school you started noticing that like oh my gosh this is a whole nother ball game that people don't even understand right and, and that's where i've i always focus and i want to be with all of this stuff is really helping people in the high school space figure out what this looks like and and what this actually means for them and how to help them move it forward so let's dive into the high school space then uh, yeah. We literally, I have questions that poured in from social accounts from East Coast to West Coast. Perfect. Uh, I'm not going to be able to oh, go ahead. Well, and even before you even get going to that, right? This is this is the toughest part about NIL at the high school level, right? NIL at the college level has the NCAA. They have an overarching a an overarching organization that governs and they create the guidelines, et cetera. At the high school level, you've got 51 state athletic associations, right? 50 states and D.C., that govern the sports within their respective state with different regulations potentially, right? So you have 51 states with potentially 51 different NIL policies. Now, only 26 of those actually have approve it, but those 26 policies are not identical, right? It's not, it's totally different. It, it could be completely oil and water. And that's really hard for people to understand that there's not this one set of guidelines that everybody follows, and that's where all of this kind of comes into play, where everybody has questions, um, because let's face it, nobody even understands the policy enough to like 
hey, what what am I supposed to do? Like, what is this? Is this allowed? Are we allowed to do this? You'd be amazed at how many times I get calls from people in states that don't have it. Be like, hey, I'm thinking about entering into an NIL deal. And I'm like, well, it's not legal in your state. And they're like, really? And and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, we, we've talked about it in, in our state. And it's one of those is, you know, it, it, you know, again, I think it becomes hairy, legal versus unlegal or non-legal. You know, if a company wants to to pay you to come, you know, show up at uh, an event, um, and even though maybe the, the the state doesn't say we we support and we have a, a a rule against nil, but if if a company wants me to come because maybe I am a, a big D one recruit and and I am a big name in a small city, but they want me to come you know, uh, just be a presence at a, 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 a restaurant, even though my state may not have it, you know, it, I, I think still, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm still able to do that because I'm not, again, I'm not showing up with my school color on, or I'm not showing up with, with all that. Yeah. So I think that's where it kind of comes to be hairy too, is, is maybe, you know, it's a state that quote unquote, doesn't approve it, but there's still things that, that can go on. Right. And, and some states don't specifically permit it and some states don't specifically prohibit it. Right. Like, so it's, it's not, you're trying to understand what the bylaw is. And a lot of times it's tied to amateurism. It's like, it's not amateurism, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's name image of likeness. Like this isn't, it's not the same thing. So it can get really convoluted and really messy extremely quick. And when New York passed it, kind of to your point, Freddie, when New York passed it, their, their uh, athletic, association executive director said it's really hard to say that a kid can wash cars at a local car dealership for 15 bucks an hour but they can't get paid 1500 dollars an hour to be an endorser of that car dealership right mm-hmm. like like how how do you differentiate that and then how do you how do you clarify well this kid's making money because they're a social media influencer uh in comparison to this right so it it's re- it's not it's not black and white it's not cut and dry so that's where a lot of times these states are like hey we've got to move forward with the times because otherwise we're just gonna end up in court yeah well we i won't mention or i won't say the 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 actual uh last name and and company that we were discussing here and in this state but let's just say for instance you know because we talked about like you know know, we're kind of like that well we you know prohibited type type deal um, you know, if a kid's last name is North and North face wants to come in and give him a bunch of gear because his last name is North, then who's, who's to say the kid can't wear North face and can he be in a North face commercial? Can he, can he show up at, you know, you know, one of these sporting goods and, and stand in the North face section and, and, and be an ambassador for them. And, you know, the, the, quick, the, the answer is really like, yeah. Uh, he just can't wear his school, you know, he can wear school colors. He can't wear anything. He can't wear a Jersey. He can't wear a, a school owned shirt, but who's to say he can't go out to the local Walmart or the local gas station who sells that high school shirt. He can buy that high school shirt at say a Walmart or a target, wear that high school shirt in on the North face commercial and it not break any law because he didn't get that North. He didn't get that shirt from the school. I mean, it's we 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 spent about two hours in our board meeting the other day going over all these different scenarios. Well, and and you know, 
and again, I've sat in a lot of meetings with a lot of ADs, state associations, et cetera. And I, and I remember one asking, well, if a company reposts uh, a picture of a kid in their basketball uniform, is is that a violation? And like, I remember the state administrator said, well, yeah, that would be a violation. Everybody's like, what? And they're like, well, no, that wouldn't be. It's like, guys, if a kid, if a school district posts a picture of this player that they've signed, right? Hey, this kid scored 30 points and it comes from the school and they're, you know, they're in the uniform, whatever. We all make graphics there. That company absolutely can repost that and say, hey, check out our ambassador such and such. Mm -hmm. They didn't create the content, right? They didn't didn't build it. They just reposted it. That's not illegal for them, right? So there's so many different nuances to all this stuff where everybody just wants like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is prohibited or this is permitted. Well, there, there's more to that because you're writing a policy that people have to figure out what does that even mean in, in application. And that's where I think a lot of ADs get crossed up. Like, how am I going to handle this? Well, so let's dive into that. Let's like, let's start putting something in the tool, in the tool belt here, because obviously someone's going to need to start under, like as ADs, when these start coming across your desk, especially in the States where well, it doesn't matter what type of state, right? If you have if you have rules around it, you're probably gonna have to figure out those. And if you don't have rules around it, you're gonna want to know what not to do to yeah. to to not have legal issues coming back at you when you don't understand even the, the premise of NIL with no regulation. Yeah. Um so you how about just at a high level here, how many like high school NIL deals are there? Like like yeah, I mean, you have like so an educated I, guess on this one. I don't know the exact numbers. So usually, what happens is when a state announces, there's always going to want to be people that are want to be the first, right? It's like marketing yeah. one hundred and one, first mover advantage, right? And if it's so, like Tennessee, when I was in Nashville, Tennessee actually like approved it, right? And like the next day, there was there was a freshman um, gymnast who signed with a local insurance company. And, you know, their quote was like, get a flipping quote from the Freeman insurance agency. Right. And a lot of times you'll see that, that sometimes it it's very hyper local in nature. Right. So they'll have a connectivity piece to maybe it's a, a family owned business, or this one I think was the uncle of the, the student athlete. Right. So the girl was the first female student athlete. Then there was a boy. Uh, then there was a kid in, in Chattanooga that was the first high school student athlete to sign a deal that was outside of the state of Tennessee. He signed with like a pickle company in Illinois. I'm, I, I'm still not even sure how that like happened. I hope his last name is pickle or something. It was not pickle. <laughs> I was looking for the connection point because that's Juice? Everything, right. Like his, was his last name, juice i kept looking i was like i don't get it but there had to have been something there there had to have been something because you're right right what happened even at the college level when you look at it there was a lot of the elite signings right the quarterbacks the 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 point guards etc but then it kind of trickled into where's the unique value proposition right where's the kid like Jaquincy Kool-Aid, the, the, mm-hmm. the guy from Alabama who's got the unique name, right? Or or the kids that you guys are talking about who might have something specific or or unique about them. Um Emmanuel Hansel, I think he has like the the one arm. Uh he he was from Florida. Uh he signed with Gatorade, right? I think he plays at Northwestern State. He's a basketball player. He lost his arm in a tragic accident, I think wherever he was he was growing up. And he has a really unique story about that and perseverance, et cetera. So you're starting to see companies kind of shift from from that perspective but at the high school level when you look at numbers i mean if there's 26 states that allow it i would say there's probably at least publicly publicized deals 
I would say five to 10 a state that, yeah. that have yeah. publicized, right? Anywhere from uh, a Caitlin Hanna, a girls golfer in Nebraska who now plays at Iowa that signed with Super Berries. Um, and she got, and again, th- this is the cool part, right? So she signed, she was doing some social media uh, promotions for them and she was getting business mentorship on on in return for a business that she had started. That's, that's awesome, right? That's, yeah, a, that's, that's cool. a great program. But they said- She's an A student. She started a young girls golf camp. What's not to love about Caitlin Hanna? And that's that's the thing ADs and schools understand. Everybody's got a Caitlin Hanna, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has that kid that adds value in their community that in or- states where NIL is allowed, that that's a good potential use of your marketing investment in that area. So, you know, from there's not like a tracking number because it's yeah. not as as specific at the college level, but Everybody wants to be the first, right? And then once there's a first, it's like everybody wants to be in a category that may not be used. So again, for example, and stop me when you get tired of my examples because they just come flying, right? HVAC company out of Nebraska signed a a one of their football players. His name was DeColdest Crawford, right? And their slogan was, do you want your house to be the coldest, right? So like, again, one of the first in the HVAC category, there's not a lot that have, that have worked into it. Leaky black signed with a ease plumbing out of the Raleigh area. And they, they go by no leaks in this house and they sell a t-shirt, right? So at the high school level, all of those things are kind of like still up in consideration of like, what is this going to look like? Is it going to be the the stud athlete per se? And then is it going to move into some additional type of who provides the best ROI or who has the biggest impact or the unique value proposition? And that's that's some of the interesting thing because it's yet to be a little bit unseen. But so what I'm hearing too, and this is, I, I think this is great. You're, you're, you're just saying like everyone has a Caitlin. Like you have that kid that is just a good kid that has, you know, they do full amp philanthropy and they do and they're known in the community and whether they have a a family member that owns a business or not you could have a caitlin sitting there that ends up doing an nil deal in in your you know or coming up for that like you don't have to i think even i was getting caught up thinking it's going to be your your studs right it's it's the thousand point basketball players it's the you know the the kid who does multiple sports and it's high level multiple sport athlete right the division one recruits the the ones with unique names or something along those lines that are also athletically gifted. Uh, right. But, but you to, to your point, like a lot of, I get a lot of pushback from like rural schools, right? Small schools are like, well, this isn't going to impact us, et cetera. But like, I went to a small school, graduated like 50 kids yeah. a class, right? In our town, basketball was king. If there was a kid who was a basketball player that, that honestly the town loved, chances are the local pizza shop could get 300 little kids to show up on a day uh, where they've signed this kid to an NIL appearance to sign some autographs and hang out with the K through fifth graders from the local school. And I'm telling you what, it's going to be packed, right? Like, mm. like it doesn't matter if that kid only scores 10 points a game, but in that community, he's a God. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where some of it's just, it's not just the elite, right? Any, any kid with an entrepreneurial nature or an opportunity or a unique value proposition can can do this division three level i just listened to a podcast aid uh jack betts amherst college right he's got over 40 nil deals um calls himself the king of d3 nil right he he's literally a wide receiver at amherst college y'all probably never heard him most people probably never heard him right but he's figured out a way 
He's very professional, very entrepreneurial. And he pitches Jack Betts, the entrepreneur, not Jack Betts, the wide receiver, because their games aren't on TV. Nobody's going to watch Jack Betts play football, but he's got a unique value proposition that he's figured out how to mold together. Kids now are entrepreneurial, right? They're on social media. They're building these brands from an extremely young age that this is part of their life and they're going to figure out how to do this. Yeah, I was going to bring that because you mentioned social media at the very beginning. I mean, you know, maybe kind of touch on, you know, what is it to to that 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 girl or that guy that is very active on social media that maybe gets a clothing brand that wants to, you know, make them an ambassador and, you know, send them all these clothes and, and have these links. And if people yeah. click on their links, they get a cut or maybe it's a, a, a photographer company that wants, you know, th- this, this male or this female to, you know, yeah, I don't know, make, make sure that they're, they're coming and take shots of them lift, lifting or, or running or, or whatever, and get a little bit of cut from that. I mean, what's, yeah. you know, again, like I said, that that's them, but you know, the, the reason why they had the following, like you said, is maybe because of the athletics yeah, or maybe yeah. because of the small town. And that's the thing, right? When you when you look at all the data and, and different programs, open doors and influence, and they'll they'll push out like, hey, percentage of deals that are that are in this space, et cetera. I think it's like seventy nine percent of NIL deals are social media based, right? So, oh, wow. and and it doesn't have to be like financial transactions, right? It can be exactly what you talk about. An ambassador for a protein company who in return for an NIL activity might get a percentage off their protein or free product, Mm -hmm. right? Or an affiliate link like you discussed. And so it's not always looking the way in which people seem, but the interesting thing, and this is why, this is why I, I honestly do this. So in 2016, I started triple threat leadership and I, I started giving presentations to schools all over the country on personal branding and social media education, right? I built the branding of me class. Like that's at the base root of what I do. Nobody wanted to talk about the importance of that until NIL came into play. Right. And it's like, guys, take NIL out of it. This is still a skill that these guys are able to do and and Mm -hmm. utilize. 98% of employers look at social media, right? 72% of college admissions counselors look at social media during that process. So as kids have this uh, access so much younger, their ability to truly identify what am I all about? What do I want my core values to be? What do I want my brand to be? They can they can build a tremendous community and there are organizations that want a connection to that community that they might have built. It could be a bank who's trying to target um, high school kids moving into college, right? Maybe they want, they want to use one of those people as, as their spokesperson. Minnesota, there was a, a soccer goalie who signed the first uh, female NIL deal for high school kids in, in Minnesota was a, a female girl with a, with a bank. And she was doing financial literacy in a target market that they specifically want to do. So the social media piece is so big. And the piece that we talked about earlier, right? We thought, hey, it's going to be the, the elite quarterback or the, the stud basketball player. Sometimes that doesn't happen because they are a mess on social media, Mm -hmm. right? Like companies that are saying, Hey, we want this person to be uh, uh, someone who endorses us, who becomes part of our brand, et cetera. And they look at their social media and they're like, Oh, (laughs) no, we, we don't want that person who's next. Right. And that's why it's so important for kids to understand the importance of that in NIL, but also just as they move forward. So that's going to continue to be a, a massive space. Um, you know, you see Livy Dunn at LSU. I think she hit almost nine million on TikTok, right? She mm-hmm. get paid between like thirty and forty thousand dollars a post. Like kids see that though, and they're like, "Well, I want to try to do that." And some 
will figure a way to do that, right? I mean, it and it doesn't just have to be. She's a gymnast. I'm not saying she's, she's not good, but she's not the star quarterback that everybody knows. It's a different thing. In that, would you suggest to athletic directors, if they're trying to, like, right, provide some form of education to kids and parents, I'm assuming would, would part of it be you need to understand how to brand yourself like like right be productive with that conversation says saying you know you know don't have the stigma that nil is a bad thing there's positive sides to it as well right Right. and and it's a legal thing that you can do but like teaching them that you can brand yourself and you need to brand yourself appropriately so that you can be more favorable for these types of deals but also it's just for life at this point your social media tells a lot about your how you you operate yeah, 100 percent And the and the thing I always tell people is like I don't take a stance on whether NIL is good or bad, right? That's that's not what I ever do, but I'm I'm a believer that NIL in in all of this this conversation discussion around it is probably one of the few times that that people in the educational based athletics environment who truly believe that at its core have the ability to help develop curriculum and life skill development for all of their students in their schools, right? Like if you take away NIL, the name, you think about what a kid needs to really understand. They need to know personal branding, social media. They need to know financial literacy, right? W9s, 1099s, invoices, et cetera. They need to know how to read a contract. They need to know how to market themselves appropriately. They need to know like these elements. So like literally you're probably already teaching that in the school. And now you have this potential application that captivates your audience. That's really what you can do because Almost every school, every state policy doesn't allow ADs to be part of any sort of facilitation, solicitation. They can't help kids monetize, but what they can do is build an educational plan to help them learn the life skills and they can integrate it through their entire school district that if a kid chooses to go down the path of NIL, they may be more successful than if they didn't. That's that's, that's always the piece that I try to impress on everyone that I discuss it's different when you look at it from that perspective. Absolutely. That, uh, again, those, ex- I mean, that type of class, th- that type of classwork fully exists in schools these days, yep. especially in the digital age. I mean, multimedia classes, digital media classes, just understanding how to create. I mean, I think just basic FBLA classes go into marketing and branding in terms of, yep. in terms of self-image and whatnot. So, well, well, I mean, last week I was at a school, I did a social media presentation. They integrated I, this branding me class I have next week. I'm at two different schools doing social media presentations and it's for all their students, right? Not their student athletes. It's not yeah. even NIL is not even legal in their state, but I'm telling you what, if it was, it's exactly what all of them need, right? It's, it's exactly what the same concept, the same thing, the same focus, it's all part of it. So let, let me keep rolling with that education piece just because it was a question. The question yep. was literally what, what education exists for kids and parents but also how would you handle parent meetings for and like bringing up NIL? Yeah. So anytime I talk to people about education, I, I kind of think of it uh, in a couple buckets, right? When NIL is, is in your state, or even if it's not, there's, there's a couple things that you got to, you got to have an initial NIL education overview and, and, and a lot of companies that are coming into the space, they create, um, online courses, right? You go through the course, you learn about it and and they want this to ship out to all the families. That's fine. But let's face it. 
I hate online courses. I mean, you know, like to be certified as a teacher and a coach, you probably had to take 42 of them, right? Like, you know what I mean? They just keep tacking them, tacking them, tacking them. So what I always say, you got to think about your, your groups of stakeholders. So you've got your administration and you've got your board who probably don't know what NIL is, right? A lot of ADs tell me they go to their superintendent and they don't know what this is. So you got to do an initial quick hit of NIL 101. That's why I call NIL 101 to them. You got to talk about it with your coaches and staff and I L one Oh one, but also like, Hey, what's our state policy? What are, what are we going to do? Then you got to look at student athletes and parents and say, okay, here's what NIL is. It's been approved in the state. Here are the guidelines that are in place. And here are some specific red flags, right? That you need to pay attention to. And ultimately, if you're thinking about moving into an NIL agreement, you need to make sure that you have probably a lawyer look through the contract or some sort of, of representation of that. ADs are not lawyers. You do not want to be looking through contracts saying, hey, yeah, I think this is a good deal because most of the time you're not even allowed to do that whatsoever. So I always tell them, nope. And then you think about how do I educate my community stakeholders? So as in my businesses in town, because what I, what I see and what I fear is that some businesses will get student athletes crossed up uh, with things in NIL because they don't really know what the regulations are, right? So like mm -hmm. some of the businesses in town are like doing deals or they're thinking a kid can come and wear the logo or wear the uniform, but like they don't even know that's not that's not allowed, right? So you've got to do those initial quick hits. Then you peel it off and you say, okay, what are the main things that we're trying to teach our kids from this perspective, what I just kind of told you, right? Social media, branding, communication, writing, entrepreneurship, legal, financial literacy. And how are we integrating that into our curriculum to help them improve in those areas, right? So when I look at an educational plan, which is what I, I encourage every school district AD to kind of think about, what do we want our educational plan for NIL to, to look like? And how important is this to our computer community, to our school, and, and build that process and structure from that perspective first as you kind of roll into it. Yeah, I think another thing that got brought up kind of along with that is like the the like the quote unquote recruitment. Like mm -hmm. part of that NIL deal or whatever can't be maybe you you live in a certain area or you attend a certain school, right? right. I mean, doesn't have to kind of be, you know, broad because again, it can't be tied to the school. Right. right. Yeah. So usually I always say there's, there's three red flags when you're looking at NIL, right? Just ones that are, that are easy to kind of understand one, no quid pro quo, right? So you can't get paid for something that you don't do. Right. So there has to be an exchange of services um, or goods for, for an NIL payment. Okay. Two, you can't, it can't be tied to any athletic performance. Now, some people are always like, well, what do you mean? Like it's the star quarterback. No. What I mean is that if I'm the local Dairy Queen, I can't sign an NIL deal with the quarterback. And part of that deal is that for every touchdown they throw, they get free milkshakes, right? Like it can't be tied to an actual performance. Or if they get all state honors, they get a $500 bonus. No, that's, that is illegal, right? And the third one is there can't be any enrollment inducement. So there can't be anything in the contract that requires a student athlete to enroll at any specific school or institution. And that's the one that's, that's under fire at the college level. Now, some people are like, well, we know that's kind of happening. Well, here's the thing, right? Contracts can be written in ways that are hard to execute if you're not in a certain location, or I've seen some contracts that have a zip code clause, right? That requires a person to be in a, sp a specific zip code. So like, 
they can't specifically say, hey, you've got to enroll at this school, but they can make it hard to execute the the pieces of these contracts. And some of them at the college level, like they're worth enough that, man, you got to have you got to have some guts to say, hey, I'm going to sign this and take this money, but I'm not going to go to that school, which mm. technically you could do. Right. Because it's otherwise it would be enrollment inducement. Um, but yeah, so those are always the three red flags and always a fear. I think the thing that you're kind of alluding to, Freddie, at the high school that some ADs kind of get concerned about is, and this potentially could happen, let's say there's a school where student-athletes start signing a, a numerous amount of NIL deals, right? Mm -hmm. Kids potentially may see that and say, well, you know what? I want to transfer to that school. I want to go to that school because there are more opportunities. It doesn't mean that the school's involved with those opportunities. It may just be in an area where businesses are more engaged um businesses are more focused on wanting to to be on the cutting edge um but you may potentially see things from that perspective there have been student athletes who have left states that don't allow nil to move to other states that do allow nil um so a lot of those things and that's why like nil is like this it's, it's like a top right like you spin it and tops usually like slow down it just keeps getting faster and faster and faster. And then somebody else takes like another top of NIL and they just start spinning it. And like, everything's just flying all over the place. And you can hardly even focus on like what, what actually is happening um, because you just have questions like this. Yeah. And, I, I think I, I heard you, you talk about before you, you mentioned moving States that, you know, e even though, you know, maybe it's a high school student going to, to the college ranks. And you know, even though you have the NCAA, that's kind of umbrellaed over everything. The different states have their own laws. Absolutely. So may, maybe a kid here in South Carolina, you know, again, South Carolina doesn't really have it, but let's say South Carolina legally had it, and there was a kid that, you know, wanted to do something here in South Carolina, but then ended up going to Georgia for for college, which has its own different rules. Um, I think you kind of said too that that could be a a a um, an issue, right? If if you know if if you move across the lines now, that state has a different uh, ruling and then the other one, and you actually could kind of be in, in violation. Yeah. I mean, so some of that, when you look at it, especially, especially from a high school perspective, right? So like kids are minors. Okay. So, so technically a minor can't legally enter into a contract without the signed approval of their parents. Right. So the parents are signing those agreements. One of the things about the, the state piece is like, let's say a kid signs a deal, um, or let's say a kid graduates from high school and, and, and he goes to college in a different state and his parents still claim him on their taxes as a dependent, right? But he's making NIL money in this new state, right? Like his home state of residence is going to want a piece of that income as well as the state in which he lives, depending on if he gets to a certain thresholds. And that's a whole nother piece. But that money is going to go on the taxes of the parents, which potentially is going to have to be on the FAFSA, which potentially can mess up federal Pell Grant eligibility. So like there's a whole level of those types of pieces, but even there, like states have their own NIL laws. Some things are legal in some states. Some things aren't legal in other states. And, and that's, that's not just the state associations. That's like the legislation, right? I mean, that's, that's a whole nother piece. There was a kid from Georgia uh, T.A. Cunningham, he's kind of like, I wrote about him a couple of volumes ago, almost like the 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 bad things that can happen with NIL. He got kind of induced to move to California uh, for these NIL 
opportunities. They didn't happen. He ended up homeless. Uh, he lost his eligibility because his parents didn't move with him. And they, they said it wasn't for hardship. Per- there were all these things that went into it. He finally got um, his eligibility, but he wasn't allowed to play for quite a while. He didn't end up with his NIL deals that were promised to him. So sometimes people ask me like, what are the, what's the biggest issue with NIL? Oftentimes it's adults, right? It's adults that don't understand it. It's adults that are trying to take advantage of kids. And and my fear at the high school level is what's that going to look like? And is Mm -hmm. that potentially going to be worse because you're dealing with impressionable young, potentially minors who don't know what they don't know what they don't know. Well, on that line of thought, my business brain, we were talking about before we started recording, right? My business brain was already going into like, exclusivity law like clauses perpetuity clauses if you're if you're like if you're a a young kid that has no idea that these clauses can exist and your parents don't and you choose not to have a lawyer look over this contract right you could be signing off your rights and if you were someone that was going to go to a division one school or have a bigger deal coming you might not get to have a chance for it because those clauses are going to hold you down in that category that you signed that contract in yeah, and I've and I've seen horror stories of that. You know, a kid going to college and he signed with two different agents, and one got twenty percent of the deal, one got forty percent of the deal, but it didn't matter who brought in the deal. Right? It's like, dude, mm. you just gave away sixty percent of the deal before you you got here, right? Or kids who sign an exclusivity clause with, like, in a category, maybe like with food and beverage back home, and then they let's say they go to Clemson, they turn into a household name and the local Clemson eatery wants to sign them, but they're already locked up in the food and beverage category. Right. So it's like, Oh man. So, and you've seen, especially when, when NIL was approved at the college level, you saw contracts that included perpetuity, right. Mm-hmm. Royalty free licensing, like all these things where unless you study it and you know it, mm-hmm. you're going to say like, Oh yeah, this seems like a good deal. Right. They're going to pay me that. Great. I'm in. Cause Let's face it, they five hundred bucks to a college kid is a lot of money. But that's, 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 but that's the, the thing chump, is, that's the chump change. Yeah. That's the chump change compared to royalties and anything else that you could have had yeah. off. Yeah. And then that's what like I say, you know, people we, you know, the the athletes and the parents see the dollar or they see the clothes or they see the whatever that, that they're they're gonna get. They don't like again, you they don't read that fine print. Yeah. when they get that piece of paper going, oh yeah, whatever that you know, that they say they say that I can't eat at this this certain restaurant it's no big deal you know when i move away it goes away sometimes like i think you talked about before sometimes they could write in a forever type of clause that will get you really stuck yeah that perpetuity i mean there there have been numerous nil contracts that have included perpetuity agreements and and things like that but like you know when you talk about that like how how amazing in a in a senior business class right where you're talking about legal contracts that you give them all an example of the most terrible nil agreement ever and you say like all right find the issues with this right and you got like perpetuity like covered like oh what happens i mean i taught high school for five years right if i had that in my lap i'd be like i'm gonna get these kids today they're gonna be in it today right and but it's also something that they're they're thinking about wanting to be a part of and it's equipping them for for some of this i didn't learn that stuff but it it's 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 here man it's in their face it's it's their world I had a, I had another one, another question on this one. So like if your state doesn't have anything around NIL, what's the impact to the athletic director? Like what kind of things should you be ready for or looking out for 
that you have no idea exists because you don't have any any guardrails for this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's interesting. I've spoken to a lot of state associations who who during the time when they didn't have it, right? And that's when I really like to go in to do the NIL 101 session. It's interesting that usually if I'm doing two sessions, my first session is like nobody's there because they're like, oh, yeah, this isn't our state yet. And then after like I've already done it once, everybody comes to the second session like, oh, my God, please don't come to our state. And it's like, no, this isn't a bad thing, right? We're trying to help you figure this out. But but really at the end of the day, um, most state association policies require the athletic director to do something in some way, right? So for example, it changes your workflow or your work um, in some manner. So for example, the Pennsylvania, and I wrote about this one today, Pennsylvania's uh, athletic association, their shift requires one of their pieces says student athletes must um, inform their principal or their athletic director within 72 hours of signing a deal. Well, right. If it's requiring that to occur, then as an AD, there's something procedurally that has to be created that if that doesn't occur, this happens, right? So you have to have some sort of internal process structure that you're going to start thinking of. So if a kid's going to sign a deal, how am I ensuring that if I've got to know about that, how am I giving myself time, right? Ohio voted it down. And I'm telling you what, there was a there was an element in Ohio's proposed NIL regulations that student athletes were going to have to submit a potential NIL deal to the school compliance officer, like technically, aka their athletic director, right? That compliance officer was going to have to look at the NIL deal to ensure it didn't violate one of the six safeguards of the NIL amateurism like regulation piece. And then like, technically tell the kid hey no you're still going to be eligible but i can't tell you anything whether this is a good or bad deal and as i'm reading this i'm thinking there is not a single ad that has any time or ability to do that and why would you ask them to do that as a state association why would you ask them to do that right but school ad's right now got to start thinking okay there's 26 policies they all probably include i usually say five things right a kid can't wear the logos etc um you know, it's, it's usually requires some sort of disclosure element. So can I look at that and say, what processes am I going to have to have in place? Is this going to need to go in my code of conduct? Am I going to have to get this policy, like an individual school policy approved by our school board? It's not just sometimes, oh yeah, I'm going to throw this in my, my athlete handbook and we're good to go. Like, no, like that, that has to be approved by the school board and on and on and on. So ADs right now, if you don't have it, Now's the time to really start identifying, right? What's my policies and procedures going to be, right? And and what does this mean for our district? Like, what is my district really? What's, how am I going to have to track this if I am going to have to track it? And, and how is this going to shift my workload on a daily basis so that I'm really, really clear on what that's going to look like? So that's always the starting point, especially if it's not there yet. You can kind of assess where you think it's going to be. Are there issues for the states that don't have those, though, you know, an NIL, anything in them? Is there an issue for ADs that if someone and coaches maybe in that state, if, if, a, if a business somehow comes towards a kid and goes, you know, into your office talking about, hey, we want to offer this contract, blah, blah, blah. And you're trying to like, you have no clue what to do. I'm assuming you need to plead the fifth and just not say anything. 
Well, see, and that's where sometimes I read some of these policies and they're, they're requiring the AD to do something. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, all that's really making me do is that if a kid or somebody walks in my office and says, Hey, Dr. Graham, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm gonna be like, get out of my office, <laughs> but I got my office because I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want our athletic department to get in trouble. I don't want you to get in trouble. So please walk out of my office. Right. Which is, which is not the right thing to say, but Almost every policy says that a that a school employee cannot be part of any sort of facilitation, solicitation, any sort of deal, right? So it's kind of like when those two people would walk into your office and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing an NI deal. It's like you got to like say, well, this isn't allowed in our state and we need to remove ourselves from this situation right now, right? Like I'm going to walk you to the door and, and we are done. Because... Um, because again, you're the point person that can communicate to the state athletic association, at least in Ohio, right? They don't, yep. they don't communicate with parents. They don't. So all of, all of the questions are going to come at the AD and the AD is like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And then you call the state athletic association. And again, if, if they answer, if they have time, I mean, a lot of times they're going to say like, no, it's not allowed. Well, or yeah, it's allowed. Here's our policy or here's our third party education person. Well, okay, I need a little bit more than that because I got mom and dad breathing down my neck and they want to answer by tomorrow. Well, I don't have that for you. So that that can be a little bit tough. Um, the other thing too is some policies say school employees can't be part of any of that unless they're the parent of the child. So if you're an AD who has a coach whose kid is a really good player and potentially has the capacity to monetize, it's a little bit of a different ball game that you just have to be aware of from a policy regulation standpoint. And, and we know how hard it is to get coaches that oftentimes you do have a parent of one of your, your children. So there are so many layers to it that I always push ADs to get as much clarification as possible. If your state has a policy and if your state doesn't have a policy, ensure that you tell your stakeholders when they start talking about this is like, this is not, permitted in our state because of blah blah and blah so whether 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 it's permitted or not in your state what i had another question that came out of it was tied to the parent meetings question what would you be putting what should what should ad's be putting in the preseason coaches meetings even at a very minimal level for nil yeah i mean i would just especially especially because you're going to have student athletes that are that most likely are going to want to play at the next level. I think it's important to take five minutes and say, Hey, while the state of let's just say Georgia does not currently allow name image and likeness monetization. I want to, I want to talk through what this is because you're probably hearing about it and ensure that this is something, if you move forward into the college level, um, this might be something present, or if you're on a recruiting visit, something that they may discuss, especially if you have a kid who's going division one, a lot of times there is a conversation about NIL, but because they probably don't even know what that is. I think it's important to, to just have the conversation to ensure that they know this isn't allowed in our state yet. If it does become allowed, we will communicate with that specifically as if any regulation. So like in Georgia, I know they're talking about it. Um, but I do think it's important to, to have some sort of conversation about this is a mass phenomena that is currently moving into the high school realm extremely fast, like extremely fast. 26 states. You look at data trends, that's like all 51 by the end of 2024, right? Like, 
I mean, that's quick if it keeps going at the pace. The thing, too, is, and I don't know if this is one of your questions, there there have been people who said, I, I'm suing the State Athletic Association because they they shouldn't have control of my NIL, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So, like, student-athletes are saying, hey, I'm going to stu- sue the High School Athletic Association because they don't have the right to tell me that I can't monetize my NIL. Right. Which if one of those cases would would potentially go through and and it would be that verdict would go to the to the kid, you would have to assume in my head that every state association would be like, we can't fight that much litigation. So we're going to have to figure out how to move this forward. Right. I mean, state athletic associations will go defunct if they spend all their time in court paying for that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that I think that is part of the piece, too. you know, there's a question in Georgia. The kid, I think it's Julian Lewis, right? Is a quarterback freshman threw for like five touchdowns. They won the state championship, right? And Forbes wrote an article about whether or not states who do not allow NIL activity, if that is discrimination against student athletes, right? And you could say that student, like Julian, he's a freshman. He's got, you know, he's 30 D1 offers. His NIL value is extremely high and he can't, do any of that that kids in other states can because he lives in Georgia. Now, is it fair that he has to move with his family to another state that allows it? I don't know. You could probably be on both sides of the fence, but anytime you start seeing like Forbes coming in, writing articles and in the, the terms discrimination coming around, I mean, people are going to start continuing to have those conversations of what, what really does the state ethic association have the authority to control and, a, a person's legal right to their name, image, and likeness, is that a piece of it? I think that's where you're going to start seeing that conversation go. Yeah, and and I think, you know, we kind of touched on it before, but maybe, you know, kind of answer again. Like, we're talking about Georgia, you know, again, being a Clemson guy, Watson and Lawrence came through there. And, you know, obviously, they were the best of the best at, at the time. And so, you know, with a, with a state, like I said, like Georgia, that says, you know, we don't have NIL, but – Again, they're big on social media. Everybody knows them. You know, they're a big time name in, in their in their cities. Can can a can a restaurant or a car dealership or you know car wash not pay them to say, hey, c- come do this for us? With does that go against that? You know, not being an nil state just because it's again their name. But I mean, it's, it, it's still, you know, again, I think that's yeah. where it gets hairy that, again, we, you know, that we're dealing with even in South Carolina because we're not quote unquote one either. Right. Um, and it's, 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 you know, like you said, how do you, how do you make that difference when it's just, okay, this person is very popular on social media or they're popular in the town and, and all of that. But, you know, a lot of their popularities is because of how good they are on the field. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, right. where, where, where is that, that, that line right and then the conversation switches if it's like the 15th man on the bench who never plays who has a hundred thousand followers on tiktok and could monetize like crazy i mean no one really cares because like the dude never plays and doesn't impact mm-hmm. games you know what i mean like that's like when you when you're truly being like like digging into it it, it comes down to all those pieces I, I think it just a lot of this stuff comes down to lack of clarity of what the regulations really are and ensuring that that school administrators and athletic directors 
have a support structure from the, the athletic association to truly understand this. Now, are people going to try to push the gray areas? Absolutely. Right. The gray areas in college have created an entire pocket of business. Right. I mean, collectives. I mean, there's a whole pocket built on those gray areas and you can't write a policy that's going to cover everything. But at the end of the day, this again is going to push educational based athletics to do what we do best. And that's teach and educate, right? Like that's, that's who we are at base root. And I think all of this like brings that to the forefront to us to be in front of educating and teaching our stakeholders and all of our student athletes and caring for them in a way that is helping them realize, Hey, this is a thing. It may be here. It may not be here, but at the end of the day, if this is something that's important to you, here is what you need to understand about that. And like you said, I think sometimes even the different states associations really don't know what 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 their policies are. And it's, it's yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot, like you said, a lot of gray areas that, yeah. you know, it's one of those is, you know, if we don't hear about it, we don't know about it. Like you said, yeah. talk about that, that 15th, you know, that kid may never step foot on the, the, the field, but we may, may be making thousands of dollars a month on the side, you know, no on, 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 yeah, nobody, nobody cares about it, but no. you, you know, you, you give Watson or Lawrence the thousand dollars and that, now there's an issue. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that, and that's, that's a, that's a major piece when, you know, you think about the state athletic associations and I, and I always worry and it's different in every state, right. In Ohio, for, for a, a regulation to pass through referendum process, the voting members, the schools, so I think there's like 800, almost 850 schools in the state of Ohio, right? They have to vote. Their principals are the voting members of the OHSA, so they have to vote to approve that, right? In some states, it's, hey, we're going to rewrite this policy and our board of directors are going to approve it, right? I, I, I worked with a state whose NIL policy like went into effect, was approved, and their state athletic directors did not know it. Like did not, did not know it. Right. It, there was, it wasn't communicate. I literally sent a message to a guy I said, Hey, I saw your state approve this. If you need any help, let me know. And he's like, where did you see that? And I'm like, Oh no, no, <laughs> no. And, and my fear again is, and I don't know how this is in other States, but I know a lot of States, right. A new regulation goes into effect. They fire out a, a memo to the ADs like, Hey, here's what you got to know. There may be a division meeting that you have in your district and they talk about it for 15, 20 minutes. And then here's the paperwork, go figure it out. And you're like, I know, I, I, I don't know. My bus yeah. didn't show up tonight and I don't have referees for the game. So I'm going to put this off to the side and then I'm going to figure this out later. That's, that's the hard part with all this. Well, it happens all the time because, I mean, we we got thrown – again, it's not on the same scale. We got thrown a clear bag policy a couple of years ago, like two weeks before football season started. Yeah. No, nobody knew about it. Just all of a sudden it's like, boom, clear bag policy for the whole county, for everything. You know, y'all deal with it. We're like, oh. yeah. all right. Well, I mean, And not to pick on Ohio, but when Ohio did the referendum process, the voting ended like May 16th, and if it would have approved, it would have gone into effect May 17th. And I'm like, well – no, no, <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. Right. It's going to go into effect. May you're going to have the summer. I mean, no one's there to like get everything around. And then in August, you're going to start like, Oh, here are the rules around it. No, no. I, that's I was just about to say, you know, deuces to the summer break and have, you know, good luck Man. learning this when you come back in August. And 
the or take some of your summertime to figure that one out. Yeah. So like, but you see those things in policies and in processes and you just get nervous. Cause again, my focus and what I do is I help schools and administrators and I'm not here to help kids monetize their, their NIL, right? I'm here to help ADs and schools figure out what this is and support them in this process. Because I feel like, I feel like y'all get lost like in the translation, right? You get lost in that translation. And I don't think it's, it's, it's purposeful. I just think it happens. And unfortunately, well, well, I think that's why Fred and I were excited to bring, bring you on Scott is because literally like the point is it's interscholastic athletics. It's education-based athletics. The point of, I think what we were wanting to get tonight and you you've hit this home so hard. I, we could have wrapped this segment up a couple minutes ago when you kind of rounded it back around. It's the education piece. You know, it's the state associations that have these in place, educating their stakeholders, but then also the ADs at the buildings, educating the people that around their, in their, in their district, how to do that. And then building it in like the questions that we had come, right? Your preseason coaches meeting. So your coaches have a taste of it because they're probably parents and community members. And then on top of that, you have to have an idea of what that looks like. So you could do league-based education and your league ADs that meet once a month, which is typical for most places, right? Like the education piece, whether that's teaching kids the social media, right? You know, understandings of how to brand yourself appropriately for whether you are getting money for it or just in life to get a job these days. Yeah. Social media ain't going away anytime. Yeah. So. And it, and again, we have, we, we don't have time to dig in this, but you know, independent schools versus public schools, right? Like communities and what they expect. I've worked with schools in States for potentially last year and a half. There's a school I've worked with that has built an NIL preparedness program inside of their school curriculum in their business academy in a state where NIL is not allowed because they want to be ready for it and they see the value that all of their students can have, right? Mm -hmm. I give presentations coming up to numerous districts in states that don't have NIL yet because they want their their coaches to understand a little bit about it. So that piece is is so important um, just in general with everything moving forward in NIL education. Now, I, I received kind of a, a question. Like I said, I don't, I don't know, but is this just that you see in athletics or do you see this also in the arts? You know, maybe you have a phenomenal singer or a phenomenal, you know, band person or, or whatever, or, you know, pianist, you know, is, is, is this trickling over into the arts as well? Or is it, you know, mainly just in the athletic world? Yeah. So it's interesting. Cause like I haven't dug into too many state associations, but there are some who govern not mm-hmm. only athletics, but also extracurriculars like, music and band and and some of those other choir um esports how about esports esports right so technically if if the governing body of that state association has a regulation about nil right that would go to the the entities that they govern now in like for example in the state of ohio they esports not a sanctioned sport right that's that's not part of it even sports that that aren't sanctioned by the state athletic association, but maybe sanctioned by the school potentially could do it because they're not under the auspices of the OHSA regulations. Right. So then it would be, well, is it illegal in your state? No, it's not illegal in the state. It's just whether or not the state athletic association. So for that, that is so state specific that you'd really have to get clarity on, on that piece more than, than anything else. 
But that's a great that's a great question. And I think Doc's dose is gonna have to dig in because I think Iowa might even might be one of those, right? They they have like an activities association. Mm-hmm. I think it's more mm-hmm. than just their sports. I think even Iowa has like a, a association that's for men's sports and one that's for women's sports. I might have to I'm gonna have to look on that one. You got you got me rolling. That's a good question. Hey, well, I, I when I saw it, I'm like, this this is great because you know it's you know you, you, we've talked about before. You, you don't want you know, the, the arts and the athletics at each other. Sometimes they are, you know, what, you know, arts are like, why does athletics get this? And athletics is why the arts get this. Um, but you know, that, you know, if a phenomenal singer is, 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 is popular around the area, that's her sport or yeah. her, his sport. Or if it's a pianist that's wanting to be hired all over the place to play, play piano for different things, um, you know the the athletic world. I think the, the kind of the what reason of the con the question was the athletics world is like okay, why is that kid able to get paid and do all these other things, but you know with their craft, with their skill, yeah. but I can't with yeah. with my skill. Yeah, and that's and that's it. That's a good question, right? But I guess in short answer, if if the kid in a state that their governing body didn't govern music or arts, and they didn't play a sport. They can do whatever they want, hmm. right? I mean, technically, they can do whatever they want uh, as long as it didn't violate any future type of pieces. To that point, there's an offensive lineman from Marshall. His name's Will Ulmer, right? Like, before NIL was allowed, he said he went by the name Lucky Bill. He was a country music singer, right? And he would he would go and play gigs under the name Lucky Bill because he that was his passion, but he wasn't allowed to get paid for that. When NIL passed, now he's allowed to get booked by gigs um, and do, had nothing to do with football, right? It was he's He's... A musician he just happens to be an offensive lineman that's a great thing right that's an mm-hmm. awesome thing so yeah it's tough you know and again there's there's a ton to this my biggest fear um and this is something that just kind of came up as i was doing research through the policies and looking comparing college had its first infraction right after 18 months the ncaa dished out its first infraction to to the university of miami um and it was the Cavender twins and, and there was an impermissible benefit from a booster. And the NCAA has kind of taken a stance that they're, they're not going to go after the student athlete. It's going to be, you know, the coach, the, the booster, potentially disassociation of the booster, um, the institution kind of going to get slapped. When you look at it from the high school level, it's not going to be the state athletic associations going after the booster right? It's, it's the kid that's going to, mm-hmm. that's going to lose their eligibility, right? So if they get crossed up, it's almost like NCAA is, is not necessarily the student athlete and the high school level, the, the person that's going to get nailed probably the most is the student athlete. And it, that's very interesting when you look at how that has progressed and shifted and where that's kind of at. So. My goodness. I, the, <laughs> we, uh, we, we, Literally, I, I think we could keep talking about this. Could, I mean, I, it, I mean, it could just progress. You said it. You know, you start spinning one top and spin another one, and then you you get lost. And I mean, we we've gone down a few rabbit holes tonight on different parts of this topic. Um, so I can only imagine for anyone listening that you you probably are sitting there like, oh my word, like we got we you got some work cut out for you. I think the takeaway part I had I'd written it down, like if you are in a state that has that policy, find it, read it, understand it. If you're in a state that doesn't have this in place, find one of the other 26. You can easily connect with Scott yep. and and figure out what does this look like? So, so you have some idea because you do not want, I mean, most athletic directors love to be prepared. 
I don't know many that, you know, we're always playing, y'all, we're always planning ahead. Yep. You know, what could happen at this event? What could happen at this facility? What, where could I get sued? <laughs> yeah, right. Like absolutely. All, those, all those things. This is no different than getting ready for game day for hosting a home event. Like you need to go ahead of it and make sure you have your checklists in place just so that when one of these comes along, whether it's a policy in your state finally getting passed or a kid having questions, you're not caught in the dark. And I think that was one thing I wrote down was you said, go look at the other policies if your state doesn't have this and just understand what you're kind of starting to see for guardrails on it. Yeah, because because and you hit it. It's it's not an if, right? It's a when, right? It's not. It's, these aren't these aren't getting taken back. It's not like states are going to revoke this, and it's it's only going. Your state's going to have this at some point, and when they do, this is what's going to happen. Your school administrators are probably going to come in your office and be like, "What are we doing about this?" And if that's the first time that you've you've built any sort of thought or had any conversations or really thought about, it, that's going to be a tough answer that that you have to come up with and that's a that's a lot on top of everything else that you're dealing with every single day so the further ahead you can get just from a consideration and planning perspective from an educational piece the better off i think you're going to be no matter what happens and maybe you'll never have a kid that gets a deal great but guess what you're set up to handle it if you are what's the saying failure to plan is planning to fail that's right that's right well let's not let's not fail in this department even if it's just one kid coming through that's one kid that's going to have something that could impact them negatively or positively. So right. I think on that note, we'll, uh, that, this, this was probably one of the, that was a lot of fun right there. I'm not going to lie there. there We had so many questions. I had no clue where we were going to go in this segment. Um, wow. We're going to hit an ad break. When we come back, we're going to probably go to the lighter side of this conversation and, uh, and ask Dr. Grant some uh, personal questions for uh, where he's, where he's from in Ohio or where he lives in Ohio. So we'll hit an ad break and we'll see you back. At Vital Signs Wall of Fame, we understand it is your content that tells the best story about your school district's legacy. Our dedicated staff of content experts will work with you on an ongoing basis to create the most compelling tributes for your Wall of Fame that will engage your whole community. Whether you want to do it yourself or turn it over to us, our content program has options to fit your needs. Dr. Grant, if we are coming to your neck of the woods, Finley, Ohio, right? Is where you live. That's right. That's right. Most people don't know headquarters of Marathon Oil. Um, yeah, Marathon Oil, Flag City, USA. Used to have a Cooper Tire plant. That's about all we got going around here. <laughs> but we were just named the top micropolitan in the United States ninth year in a row. Guys, I got I got facts for days about Finley if you need them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey, you got you got to take what you can get sometimes. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we're coming, if we're in your neck of the woods, where uh, where are we going to eat? Man, I'm telling you what, Finley is is blessed. We're a town of about fifty thousand. Our downtown, because of our businesses that we have, has done an amazing job with really cool eateries and places to hang out, et cetera. But there's a spot downtown called Main Street Deli. And I'm telling you what, it is like old school. You walk in, it's got the the swinging door that you probably had going out of your house that went flying, right? The the screen door. You go, oh, it's good. It's good. It's the educator sandwich. I would get you all the educator sandwich, got potato chips, everything with it. That's where that's where we would go. I like that. Mm-hmm. What a uh... Go ahead, Freddie. No, I was just gonna say I, I can't roll over. You said that the town is fifty thousand. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just thinking here here in in Greenville County we have seventy five thousand students. 
Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, holy, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all our elementary school students pretty much is, is makes up your, your town. So. 50,000 50, man. And, and yeah, it's, it is, it's a great place to live, but like I tell people and and this is, I know as a Ohio state fan, we are actually closer to Ann Arbor, Michigan than we are Columbus. We're only about an hour and a half South of Detroit. We are right on I-75. Great place to live and raise a family. So, Scott, are we going to keep coming back to this Michigan-Ohio State <laughs> rivalry? That, oh, my gosh. We started the podcast with it, and it just oh, keeps coming up. It's a, The Big Ten in this and the, and the game is about to be like a steady – I think it's going to be a steady topic for yeah. us for every episode. I mean, it is, and, and that's just part of the thing, right? You, go, you grow up in Michigan-Ohio State, and, again, I went to a school that didn't have football. Football wasn't a big thing in my life, but I'm telling you what, you don't have an option. Like you, you don't have an option. It's just... Well, it, it's funny how the the the, the episodes are connecting because you said you you went to the Duke basketball camps. Well, you know the episode that would have aired before you, we had Daryl Nance on. Oh who yeah, worked, who worked Duke basketball camps? Yeah. And so it's it, you know all, all three episodes have tied together so far. I love so it. This is, this is great. Did did it. you cross paths with Daryl at those Duke basketball camps? No, Scott? well, I was I was working the golf camps. He was probably working. Okay. The, he was working the basketball camps. I was yeah. just riding around on the golf cart. He's, <laughs> they had they had way cooler golf carts. We used to call them curb hoppers because they were like up real high, and you knew when a stud recruit was in town because they were they were rolling through campus doing doing whatever. We just had the little ones for the golf cart <laughs> golf course. That's awesome. Yeah. What uh for uh for those of us you know leaders or readers what uh. What's what books on the nightstand? Yeah, you know what? I I'm actually in in the switch process. I just finished uh, "Be Where Your Feet Are" from uh, Scott O'Neill. Great one if you haven't read that. Uh, I just went back to the compound effect. If you guys have ever read the compound effect, big one. Uh, I read it quite a few years ago, but um, I was I was in my office the other day. I looked over. And I said, you know what? I think it's time to to pull that one back out. It's it's by Darren Hardy. It's about jumpstart your income, your life, your success. And it's all about compounding actions and, and things in your life. So I am I am back into the compound effect. Easy yeah. read. Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty small. It's pretty small. Easy read. Applicable, right? I'm I'm big into I'm big into stuff that if I'm gonna read it, like things I can take away and actually do. Um, so that that's a good one. The the one you said, Scott O'Neill's book, Be Where Your Feet Are, that one, oh my gosh, that one's really good. It has like what yep. six it's, it's six it's kind of six ideas of mm-hmm. being present and just yep. like doing things you know have like oh i'm trying to think of what the what was the one it's about people um the what ma- he does the what matters most piece and i loved his because he was you know i've I've got twin eight-year-olds and a two-year-old and you know as a father i felt like he connected a lot with with that and, bless um, you on having twins hey man oh. I didn't have one first, so I didn't really know what one was like. So I feel like I got lucky, right? You just shoot out the gate with two, you're good to go. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my, my my brother-in-law's got twin twin girls, and they're about, you know, say 23 months, coming up on two years. Oh, yeah. and, and they're the same way. You know, they, they come right out of the gate, and then two months later, our son was born. So we've, yeah. we've got three of them running around. Good stuff. I always tell people I started my doctorate in August. We had the boys in October. And I remember, I feel like I just, I fell asleep. I don't, I blocked out like three years of my life. So I, mean, I remember bits and pieces, but like, it's really like, I remember when they were born and then when they were three, we're good to go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, Hey, uh, Dr. Grant, first off, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, hey. Again, I know, I know recording in the evenings aren't always great, but Freddie and I both have small kids. So we typically try to put them to 
bed before we hop on one of these pods with with the guests for the night. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff that we talked about tonight's for one very valuable to our listeners. Um, I think there's gonna be a lot of questions from that. Uh, I will on our website, so theadpodcast.com. I will have a, a part on the on the guest page for Dr. Grant, but. Scott, what, what are some of the easiest ways for people to reach out to you? Because I think you're one of the ones that will have a ton of resources around this. Yeah, um, no, I, absolutely. And, it, and again, I, I appreciate you guys having me on it. If anybody will let me talk about NIL, I will I will talk as long as y'all want to talk. So uh, I appreciate that. And if there were any questions that you guys got that didn't get answered, if you want to ship those to me, I will, I will write answers to them and you can post them on your website, whatever. But uh, my email address is scott at tripletreatleadership.com. Uh, you can go to tripletreatleadership.com, nil-education.com, uh, Twitter at Mr. Grant 1161 um, LinkedIn, Facebook, just my name, wherever, wherever you are, you can, I'll, I'll help in any way, shape or form. And on that guest page, everybody will, uh, I'll put, I'll put Scott's email. I'll put his Twitter handle. Um, I'll link, I'll link his, his bio piece on there to his website. So you can click it, you can go right to it. Um, if you're, if you're not wanting to write it down while you're listening to this podcast. So, uh, definitely ways to reach out to Scott to get some resources going or just have extra follow-up questions because Freddie nor myself are professionals in this topic. So uh, we will we will defer those to Dr. Grant. Uh, if you're I will try- tell you, for, the, for those who were listening while they were driving or on the treadmill, um, I'm pretty sure that we, you know, being over, you know, over an hour, I'm pretty sure that somebody either, either got home or pulled <laughs> over on the side of the road and started jotting some notes down. So um it, it was good stuff today I, we oh. appreciate you jumping on with us oh absolutely thank you guys for the opportunity and anybody any listeners if i can help in any way please don't hesitate to reach out to our listeners freddie and i we have topics lined up we're going to start teasing these ahead of time so you you can send more questions to us the questions tonight literally came from people in the ad trench across the country um, so we're only as good as what you send us for the, the in terms of the meat of, of our episodes, like what we did tonight with uh, the NIL topic with Dr. Grant. Uh, so always shoot those to us. You can hit us on our uh, on our social media. So Freddie and I both are on Twitter and LinkedIn. It's just our names. And then also on on Twitter, it's AD Freddie. For me, it's Coach Payne. And uh, we have a landing page on Twitter as well for the AD podcast LinkedIn. There's an AD AD podcast page there too. So you can follow and like those. We will post all this type of content through those channels and reshare it all over the place. And if you want to email us, it is the, do not put the, it is athletic director pod at gmail.com. And then we, our website is the adpodcast.com. Again, please uh, review us, share us, t- you know, share it with your league ADs, at your monthly league meeting, tell your coaches. I think some of this stuff is very valuable for coaches. I have a friend that's a coach. Um, she has said that our the content that comes out of these out of these pod- out of our podcast is also very beneficial to to a coach as well. So it's nice to know where we're where we're touching. We do this. We're hoping to do this where we send a pod out every probably two weeks, so you can listen over time because we know you're busy and uh, get that content. Uh, so uh, hopefully you can do that and listen to multiple leads within a month uh, again. So Freddie, you got anything else to say tonight? No, I'm good. I'm I'm, just, I'm shocked we ain't talked about Paw Patrol, but we'll we'll hit that next episode. We've, okay. we've talked about Paw Patrol every episode. So Rubble, Rubble's my favorite. I'll just hey, there you go. That. That's that's that that you know it wasn't my son's first word, but it was probably probably oh. his first clear word. You know, Rubble, yeah. Rubble. You know, rubble. now now yellow is it, is Rubble. 
okay. you know I like it, he, it. he's you know he's he's still on the the learning and the speak uh, thing and um colors are now the paw patrol colors uh our, our paw patrol pups uh pink is sky you know orange is zuma so like he'll point okay. at something orange like zuma like no that's orange yeah. <laughs> you know so but you Zuma's, know, I, I, I had to throw... widely underrated, by the way. I think I'm going with him on that. Zuma is widely underrated. Oh yeah, he's 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 mine and my wife's favorite. He's a lab. I absolutely. mean, you can't you can't mess up a lab. So, <laughs> I love uh, it. but hey, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, Scott. I had I had to throw Paw Patrol. I in. love it. I got to keep the streak going. Hey, we're an unprofessional professional pod. I said that at the beginning to, to Dr. Graham when we were about to record. So, uh, my daughter loves Rubble, but she goes tractor, tractor. Uh-huh. Loves the tractor. That's, hey, see, that's, that's, Rub, Rubble's got his own show now, too. So now you got to double up. We know, just yeah. started recording it. I, I, we're in trouble. Yeah, that's the problem. You start getting into Paw Patrol. They got, you know, they got Paw Patrol C edition. They got Paw Patrol, all this other stuff. So then your kids are going to yeah. want all of it, right? Yeah, it's not well, like you well, just get one. You got to get them all. Yeah. I, I, I said on the first episode, I think we, we cut it off at the cats. We don't <laughs> we, we do not do the cats. We're 100% dog family. I know that might be not, put, you know, correct. <laughs> But we are a hundred percent dog family, and we're gonna stick with the dogs. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, on that note, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Until next time, I'm Scott. I'm Freddie, and I'm Doc G. You just listened to the AD podcast, where we fully understand what AD truly stands for. As you're working all day after dark, handling all duties. We'll catch you next time. Bring your school's legacy to life with the Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. Our interactive display highlights your greatest moments and top performers, both past and present, across athletics, academics, and the arts. But it's also so much more. With our one-of-a-kind content program, we help you every step of the way so you can tell more compelling stories that will engage your whole community.